0: This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny Local Enterprise offices for business, financial supports, and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie.
1: Hello, good evening, and welcome to the bottom line—the program for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell with you until seven o'clock. Now, I've been longing to say it for ages, and I reckon I can finally just about pronounce that yes, there is a grand stretch in the evenings. Spring is in the air, and before we know it, we'll be enjoying long, springy evenings with the clock springing forward before too long. Of course, there is a somber note in the air with the marking tomorrow of twelve months of the obscenity that is the war in Ukraine but as the bottom line promo says as well as the tough subjects and the undoubted challenges we're here with positive positive even business stories too and before I tell you about what we've got coming up on the program between now and seven o'clock there's time to tell you about the achievement of Clune Tech, who won a special great place to work team award and the company founded by Terry Clune is named as one of Ireland's workplaces of the year for the eighth consecutive year well done to everybody there Also a shout out to everyone in Little on the Waterford Road reopening today after a massive rebuilding and refurbishment. I remember when they closed just a few months ago wondering how they'd deliver on the promise to open a new premises in February. Well they have and best wishes to everyone involved and well done to the team building it. Coming up on the programme, we talk to Megan Manning, owner of Happy Beads in Carlow and the person who set up Network Ireland's Carlow branch. Business mentor Blaise Brosnan joins us to talk about gaining business advantage in these inflationary times. And Brian O'Brien, Brian O'Flynn, I was thinking of someone else entirely. head of Ireland's Ancient East, talks to us about tourism and hospitality and how the industry is positioned for 2023. But first, joining me in studio to talk about business stories that have caught his eye is colin hearn general manager of the kilkenny ormond hotel and former president of kilkenny chamber of commerce colin you're very welcome Thanks for having me on, John. It's been lovely to be here. Yeah, pleasure. Now I was saying that I was going to be talking to Brian O'Flynn uh, later in the program. Um, I believe he was in town earlier this week for a gathering of people like yourself involved in tourism and hospitality. Yeah, Foach Ireland
2: were were in Kilkenny yesterday morning, uh, introducing you know their plans for 2023 and 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 reviewing 2022. Um, you know, the big news in hospitality and and some other businesses was the uh, retention of the VAT rate at nine percent. Um it's not it's it, it's it's less it's it, it's it's difficult to it's hard to forget that less than twelve months ago um we you, you still couldn't hold an event in a in, in a hotel or yeah you know, we've
1: really that's really disappeared hasn't it yeah. out of our
2: consciousness it's really remarkable but those businesses such as you know hotels and restaurants and bars and 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 hairdressers and leisure facilities were the ones that were that were among the most affected by the restrictions that were put in place and so you know it's going to take longer than a year um, for those for those businesses to get back up and running again and to get back to where they were in 20, 2019 I know in my business we're looking at kind of twenty twenty five so you know like it, it's only right to keep some of the supports there and I know that it's been welcomed across all of the hospitality industry that the the, the VAT rate of 9% will be kept until the end of August of this year
1: Yeah um, how is the sector going? News during the week you might be able to enlighten us uh, of some new developments in, in Kilkenny in yeah, particular
2: Yeah absolutely and, and on board Planola gave the go ahead for a new 118 bedroom hotel near Johns Green uh, on the former hospital site and um, and uh, that that's that would be a fantastic development uh, if it happened and across the road um, planning has been sought uh, my, my understanding is that at some point it was granted but they, they have to go back for further planning uh, for another 99 bedroom hotel in front of McDonough Junction uh, on the CIE land and the developers of that are the press up group that have I think about 8 or 9 hotels around the country and 40 or 50 restaurants or bars so you know both of those um, if both of those developments went ahead in that part of town it would certainly give a huge lift to the tourism and hospitality businesses around there and shops and 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 and, and everything else Yeah it's
1: interesting uh, I'm not involved in that industry but these will be competing with you in your capacity in the Ormond uh, Hotel but it's really a case of competition is good and horizon rising tide lifts all boats and it's good for Kilkenny Inc to have more bed nights?
2: Very much so, you know um, there there are, uh, for, for different reasons, a number of hotel rooms that have come out of the system over the last oh, oh, over the last 12 months and and it doesn't do anyone, any business in Kilkenny any favour, people are trying to come to Kilkenny and, 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 and can't find space or can't find accommodation, so um, a few more hotels and a few more ho- a couple of hundred hotel rooms is certainly going to develop and give more business to the bars and restaurants and shops and other businesses around and will be hugely beneficial to the economy, which in Kilkenny Kenny and Carlo, if I'm correct, is somewhere in the region of about 160 to 170 million a year the tourism economy is worth.
1: It's it's absolutely huge. And I think something like 15 or 16% of the total economy, you know, relies in some form on tourism and hospitality. And moving beyond that... Um, Colin Sam Matthews uh he had an interesting piece in the Kakenny people you were talking to me about earlier
2: yeah I mean just talking about how you know he visited he, he visited a business recently and 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 they had no cash no no cash cash not accepted no cash payments and he assumed that it was uh it, it was there from Covid times as the stickers on the floor where it was very well written and um, but lo and behold when he went to the uh when he went to pay he was told no we don't accept cash it's only card and and you know it just struck me there there are a number of businesses that have gone down that route as there are a number of businesses that I've seen lately that are saying cash only Um, it's it's a challenge for business. It's a challenge for 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 consumers. I know that you know recently the the payment of wages and that that included um, tips and gratuities in it. The, the 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 act that was brought into into force there in 2022. There's a number of service industries in particular that um, have a history of, of where people tip and do whatever and and um, the, the, the 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 cash opportunities and the responsibility on those businesses now to manage the cash or tips that they're employees might get. So, you know, recently uh, uh, in, in in a business I know, um, and they were looking at some place in, in Europe and the staff in that business wear name tags with a, with a, with a little uh, chip on it and so if you want to tip them, you tap your card off their name badge. So it takes cash entirely out of the question but also means that the staff in question are getting tips directly to themselves.
1: Yeah, uh, we started off by uh, talking about VAT but inflation's another uh, thing uh, we've been talking recently about the stabilisation of inflation. Uh, Blaise Brosnan is on later talking about getting a business advantage during these inflationary times. How is inflation looking from what you've been reading about? Um, It's not really, it's not great news. Um, Whilst the
2: headline inflation rate has declined, the core inflation rate is actually elevated. Um, It looks like there's going to be another half-point increase is forecast for next month. Some German economists are saying it could rise even further again over the coming months. I think in Ireland um, the mortgage drawdowns still remain high. The worry is that as interest rates Increase and demand settles; that supply will then slow down due to the increased cost of
1: finance to developers. Mm, so worrying times. Well, we have to remain calm, but keep a weather eye out on all these macro issues that are on the horizon.
2: Yeah, most definitely. Business seems to, b- businesses seem to be seem to be, seem to be doing very well, but as we can see with the with the energy support grant put in place by the government, more and more are looking for it. So obviously, there are people that still have challenges, and maybe something's been masked there.
1: Okay, well, Colin, thanks very much for joining us on The Bottom Line. That was uh, Colin O'Hearn, General Manager of the Kilkenny Ormond Hotel and also former President of Kilkenny Chamber of Commerce. And, Colin, we may reveal people will be hearing more of you on the programme in the coming weeks.
2: They may well do, John. Yeah, as, as you're, you're, um, you're taking a short break. And so uh, um, you asked me very, uh, would, would I be interested? And I said, I absolutely would in stepping in and, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing a few weeks in, uh, in March.
1: So am I. Well, absolutely. that will be great. Colin Hearn, thank you very much. We're moving on. Uh, don't go away. Lots more to cover
0: on the bottom line. KCLR, The Bottom Line, with John Purcell. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny Local Enterprise offices for business financial supports and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie. You're very
1: welcome back. You're listening to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell with you until seven o'clock this evening. Now, tourism and hospitality is a huge business in these parts and it's a business and a business sector that was really buffeted during the COVID years. But we're beyond all that now and with me to talk about the uh, local tourist business, the national tourist business and indeed the Irish tourist business is Brian O'Flynn, who's head of Ireland's Ancient East with Fall Ireland. Good evening, Brian. We last spoke almost a year ago, February 2022. What a year it's been and what a, a number of years for the tourism industry.
3: Hi, John. Thanks for having me. Uh, indeed, look, it's hard to believe that it's been a year since we were last speaking. Um, but yeah, certainly a hell of a year, hell of a couple of years. Um, but Look, I think tourism is a, is a resilient industry and it's, it's never without a crisis or never without challenges and we're, we're a resilient bunch. And, and look, I think we've, we've bounced back. It uh, hasn't been straightforward, but certainly all the, the, the outlook is very, very positive going forward. So a much better place than the last time we spoke, I think.
1: Yeah, when last we spoke, we were just in the midst of opening up and try to get back to normal like this time 12 months ago many people were still wearing masks you know there were restrictions still in place you were talking about recovery how has the recovery gone to date?
3: Yeah, re- really, really well, actually, and a lot, uh, a lot stronger than we could have uh, really expected. I think you know, all indications were that we might get back to maybe sixty percent optimistically of twenty nineteen levels. Looks like we'll actually come in for the full year last year and in around the seventy five percent of twenty nineteen levels. Now, if you bear in mind that we were kind of closed for the first three months of the year, that's an incredible bounce back. Um, and importantly international market responded a lot quicker than we thought it would which is really encouraging so the domestic market was obviously the only show in town for a number of years in between lockdowns and look it was crucial to the success of the industry and remains to be so going forward Um, but thankfully the international market bounced back But really encouragingly as well, the the domestic market is looking like it's going to hold stronger and and retain a a larger share of domestic trips. So if if I can explain that one, more people in Ireland are saying that they're going to take more trips going forward in Ireland than they had been previously or take longer trips. And the booking patterns for the year ahead look as if that's going to be the case. So I think COVID has been, if you could say it was a good thing, that's an exaggeration, but I suppose it's given Irish people an appreciation of their own country. Um, But yes, the demand internationally remains very, very strong. So it looks very, very positive outlook from the demand side of things there.
1: Mm, And value for money uh, is something that was highlighted uh, by the chief executive of uh, uh, Fulch Ireland, uh, Paul Kelly, when he said visitor satisfaction is high, but offering good value for money is critical to uh, convert that domestic intention. What's involved in all that?
3: Yeah, look, it's complicated. Look, at the moment, I suppose, uh, there are supply challenges out there. Um, It's a very tough trading environment from an inflation point of view, not just for businesses in the tourism sector, but for businesses uh, across the country. But if you look at the variety of input costs, I suppose, that goes into some tourism businesses, you could have anything from food, labour, energy costs, um, and, and all of those are up. So it's very, very difficult, and it's putting a lot of pressure on, on people's ability to, to drive a margin. So I suppose on top of that, then, in the accommodation sector, we have a capacity issue where in the humanitarian response of the Irish government, while it's you know critical for us as a society to do the right thing, um, there has been a disproportionate effect, I suppose, on the tourism sector. So if you take the two of those into account, it, 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 it's kind of creating some conditions that could potentially see Um, value for money slip away if prices were to increase at a disproportionate rate Um, now all indications from our and we survey visitors constantly in market both internationally and domestic and all indications to date are the value for money is absolutely there the experience on the ground that's offered from service um, to, to the great tourism experiences we offer to the landscape and everything else look, it punches out far and above a lot of our international competitive sets. So the value for money piece is solid at the moment, but it's just the conditions in the market. It, it, it could be a worry, if, and it's easily, easily lost, but very, very hard-fought to get that back. So yeah. it's just something we're very conscious of. You know, we want to make sure that all of the industry are doing whatever they can to make sure that that value for money experience continues.
1: Yeah, you, you talked about Ireland uh, punching above its weight in tourism and hospitality. Can you, can you put some more detail around that? Like, how do you judge that?
3: Yeah, so look, we're constantly um, serving overseas uh, uh, visitors when they arrive. We're serving domestic visitors in destination. So this year we surveyed Uh, 5,200 individuals in Ireland's East at various destinations around the country Um, and we asked them a broad variety of questions about every specific destination they're in so we would have surveyed people in Carlow and Kilkenny we would have surveyed people all around the country um, to get uh, a sense of of what is it in destination that they like, what is it that they dislike, anything that they might dislike what their experience is across a number of metrics and we aggregated up to an approval rating and that. That uh, 90% for us, and that, when you compare that with other destinations that are running similar uh, surveys that are comparable, is is above our competitive set. And look, it, it's a 90% approval or very satisfied rate. So people are staying across all the touch points. Now, that's everything from the experience they have in how town centres are showing up, the cleanliness of an area, the service staff that they're meeting in businesses, the visitor experience that they're getting when they go to an attraction or an activity operator, the uh, value from money aspect of it, the ease of travel. So it's, it's quite, it's taken mm. an awful lot of touch points, but really importantly, um, we, we have a very, very high uh, satisfaction level there, which is really, really encouraging for us. Because when, look, I think the last time we were speaking, actually, you just reminded me, I think at that time, it would have been early last year, we were talking major staff shortages in the industry, about 40,000 uh, vacancies in the industry. And at that time, our biggest worry, as much as getting the service back uh, on the road, was been able to provide that service and the, the, the visitor, uh, meet the visitor expectations and, and thankfully, um, although it wasn't without changes, challenges the visitor experience in the ground has held up over the last year so look, it's, it's really encouraging for us in that sense
1: Yeah, now we talked about uh, Paul Kelly looking ahead for Ireland Inc but bringing it all back local in, in this area you hosted mm-hmm. a very important uh, event on Tuesday of this week about 170 people from tourism and hospitality uh, came together in Kilkenny what were you telling them?
3: Yeah, so look, I suppose, work on a daily basis, uh, our teams are on the road and and engaging with industry, but I suppose once a year, we we, we invite industry to, I suppose, get a sense of our overall plans for the year, what are the priority projects that we're working on, what are the programs that we're working on that they can really take uh, advantage of. So, you know, we we start out the session, as ever, with a bit of an outlook for the the year ahead, like we just talked about, but then we get into what are the key development projects that are happening in your area. So, some of these could be long-term, five, six years in the pipeline, but so the businesses can I suppose, know that these are coming and kind of hitch their wagon to them or be able to cross-sell them as products for their own businesses. Um, very importantly, I suppose, we take them through some of the business support programs we have. So we're constantly looking at, well, what are those challenges that our industry are facing and what can we do to support them in terms of training uh, and development to, to overcome those challenges as it washes out in their own business? Um, and then also very importantly, our marketing campaigns. So look, we invest millions of euro, as you'll have seen now, from our Keep Discovering campaign across multiple channels every year. So we want to make sure that businesses are aware of what that'll shape up like in their own destinations, how they can piggyback on those marketing campaigns to I suppose, drive conversion further down that, that, that funnel and um, and also tell them about some of the sales channels we have in on to Market and the work that we do overseas with, with our colleagues in Tourism Ireland so yeah. kind of a broad range essentially but just really some of hopefully key touch points that they can go away with and, and, and kind of make sure they tap into us as best they possibly can to make sure we're, we're helping them with their own commercial success
1: and lots of exciting uh, plans locally from the Barrow Tourism Master Plan new medieval experiences in Kakeni City you know improving the online international product and marketing and all that kind of stuff and urban public realm improvement all really positive stuff just to finish off uh brian and briefly if you would but one of the areas of action um is climate and we all know that there's a climate crisis What, what are the things on the radar for you know ireland's ancient east and the people working and providing services in relation to the climate
3: yeah, so look, I suppose, climate action is not only something that we, we have to do as a nation. It's, you know, it's the government imperative to be climate to be carbon neutral, rather, by 2050. Um, but it's, it's also the right thing to do for society. there's a real business imperative now? If you look at the cost of, of energy in particular, there's a real imperative for people to act now on, on climate action and carbon emissions within their own um, in businesses. So we're doing, I suppose, a number of things in that sense because, look, for, you can talk to Ireland's Engine Deep, you can talk to L- K- K- Kenny, it ladders up to a destination or an Ireland Inc basis, but every individual, business and stakeholder needs to take action in their own business in order for a destination or a country or a region to, to be able to be seen as, 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 as acting upon it, I suppose. So we've got some really practical support, I suppose, at a business level this year, which we're rolling out. The first is a carbon calculator, which will enable people to quantify uh, at a very business level um, what is their carbon footprint. And then when they make tweaks or make changes, they can measure what the change is. So I suppose that helps them save on the bottom line, first yeah. and foremost, but if you ladder that up, it helps them to tell their story at a business level to to the consumer in advance of their stay or when they visit because that's also a key um, decision factor now from a visitor point of view. They want to consume products and they want to uh, consume experiences where they feel there is a genuine sustainability and a genuine effort uh, taken on the business behalf to reduce that carbon footprint because, the fact of it is John, we're, we're an island nation so, you know, the, the, the getting on a plane isn't an insurmountable obstacle for people to come and visit Ireland, but they are increasingly wanting to reduce their carbon footprint when they're here and consume experiences that are genuinely sustainable and work with businesses that are that are doing everything they can in that space. So Carbon Calculator is one, but we have a whole suite of support. Uh, I'd encourage any of our listener, listeners there to just log on to faultireland.ie and look at our business support. Tab. We've got practical toolkits, case studies from others in the industry as to what they've done real practical stuff and a lot of it you know sometimes it can be it can be off-putting because immediately people think this is going to be a huge cost for my business and at a time of increased inflation it's something I can't look at not always the case quite often there's some really really simple tips and as I said some of those case studies and from their peers in, in the industry really uh, help and, um, and others have told us that so again I think that at the level of the business is where we're really focusing at the moment but we are doing stuff at the level of the destination as well with other stakeholders as to how we can I suppose get Uh, industry standards and and global standards where we can start to measure at destination level. So plenty going on in that space as well, John.
1: Yeah, well, look, lots of exciting uh, developments for tourism ahead in 2023. Uh, Brian O'Flynn, Head of Ireland's Ancient East for Fulch Ireland. Thanks for joining us on the bottom line. Thanks, John.
0: This is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny Local Enterprise offices for business financial supports and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie.
1: You're very welcome back. You're listening to The Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR. I'm John Purcell with you until seven o'clock. Now, Blaise Brosnan is a man known to many businesses across Carlow and Kilkenny, who has a unique blend of practical top management experience gained over 25 years in his capacity as chief executive of a well-known and successful business, but more laterally, as a business mentor to a range of Irish businesses and indeed to a range of businesses across this area blaze will be in kilkenny on the 9th of march in the kilkenny river court hotel giving a lunchtime seminar on gaining business advantage during these inflationary times blaze you're very welcome to the bottom line Okay, thank you, John. Tell us, how are you finding uh, the morale among business leaders across Kilkenny, Carlow and beyond as we are well and truly emerged from the COVID crisis, I suppose?
4: Yeah, at an individual level, generally quite good. Uh, In a group situation, uh, maybe a bit of complaining and all that, but that's quite usual.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? That people can be quite positive and upbeat, but then when they get together, start moaning.
4: Yeah, it's kind of the herd instinct, you know, and um, like there's quite a few businesses that we've been dealing with now are doing very well, but there's no way that that said that in public, you know?
1: Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and, and people often give out about too much um, bad news around the place, but then kind of support it by grumping and groaning.
4: That's right, yeah, and um, normally what you'll see is businesses that are doing very well that tend to down, uh, that tinted down the story bit, whereas businesses that might be doing too well might be upping the story of bit, you know. So, uh, it's really when you get down on an, ind- on an individual basis uh, with the various entrepreneurs, that you can have a real feel for what's going on, you know. Yeah. And th- I would say generally, like, if you take today versus this, this day last year, it's there last year, uh, you know, the whole thing that there was doom and gloom facing it. Like the country and the individual business are so much in a better place today than they were predicting the day before the war last year, you
1: know? Absolutely, indeed. Brian O'Flynn, uh, head of Ireland's ancient East, was just on before the break. And we were just reflecting back on, on you know, this time last year, you know, and the amount of recovery hospitality was looking forward to. It ended up being a lot better. Um, <laughs> surround yourself with positivity, That's what you hear a lot. And and you're. um, we hear a lot about inflation, but the theme of your talk is gaining business advantage during these inflationary times. Tell us a bit about what you'll be talking about.
4: Yeah, like if you take anybody that has only got into business in the last 15 years or so, their only experience of uh, running a business is in a deflationary type of cycle. Uh, Anyone in business 20 or 30 years ago, uh, back in the 70s and 80s, that they would have, have plenty of experience of uh, managing a business in uh, a high inflation. I remember being involved in business in the 70s and 80s and inflation was only at 18 to 20%. And you know, business adjusted. It's a different scenario, but uh, irrespective of the macro economy, uh, the individual entrepreneurs have to look at the business variables they have some control over and just get a little bit sharper at each of those.
1: Mm, you said they're adjusted uh, trips off the tongue easily but there's a lot behind adjusting can you give us some principles as to how businesses can adjust to more difficult times
4: yeah I was just at uh, an enterprise award uh, earlier on today and I was speaking to one of the runner-up companies there and they're, technically they're very competent operational wise they're pretty competent but their pricing and, and trading uh, they're quite weak and in reality, even though they're doing a very specialized product and offering to the market, uh, they're not, in my view, uh, selling the value. They're, you know, at that moment of negotiation, they're weak. And I think a lot of owner managers, are very good at lots of things. But as regards negotiating uh, deals, both at the buying side and the thing side, I think at crunch moments they're not as good as they should be.
1: And how can they improve, Blaze? What would be the key pieces of advice that you might offer
4: yeah uh, yeah a question i'm often asked you know how do i know whether uh, i'm selling at the right price or not uh, if i'm pricing at the, the right point or not and the bit of advice i would give people is you should only judge your pricing based on how uncomfortable you are at the point of pricing if you're comfortable pricing you're not pushing it enough
1: right that's uh, that's pretty simple, but it's a good. So follow your gut. And actually yeah, follow
4: your gut, and there's uh, invariably, if you're doing a good job, there's always an extra squeeze to be got out of it. And very small adjustments uh, in a forward direction over a 12-month period can have a massive impact on that one's bottom line. If the company is already at break-even, a bit better, a little adjustment, uh, but on a consistent basis, if your big numbers uh, can manifest itself in quite a substantial increase in the bottom line.
1: Yeah, but somebody's got to be telling them, like you say, to actually avoid discomfort when negotiating a price. Uh, yeah, and So course, you have to get yeah. in touch with that too.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, in a way, that's what the, spe- uh, the you know my presentation on the night is about. is to try and help people to better understand the, um, the dynamic I suppose of negotiation and how to handle themselves to uh kind of tight
1: situations Mm. it was interesting just going back to how you expressed the situation earlier that um you can have a very good uh company and they can be good at lots of very important issues but they can be weak at um other important elements how do people zone in on the particular element that they should pay more attention to
4: yeah, first of all, I think they have to give themselves time, but stand back a small bit from the business, and you know, kind of understand where the the money is really, where the, you know, where the most leverage is at, right? And if you divide the business up into three circles or three links of a chain, you have the sourcing of material, you have the operation part of the business, and you have the trading on the other side, right? Now, if you look at it from a, a, a revenue and uh, profit-generating uh, perspective, the real money is in the two side links, the middle link, the operational side, which is the efficiency, which is important, of course. But that's where most people uh, tend to uh, focus because they were conditioned and trained along the way. But the real money is actually on the trading side. And, uh, you know, most people that go on programs and, um, you know, read books and all, it's about cutting out costs, cutting out costs. Uh, And that's important, but the real leverage is to be got on the revenue side of the business equation.
1: Mm. And you're touching on something very important there, which is giving yourself time for the quality um, issues and the critical issues. And all too often in these days, people are too busy running around like busy fools just on the operational side.
4: Yeah, but, you know, just running a formula, a business formula that's not working for you, running that formula quicker and for longer and with more sweat, that's not going to solve the problem. Uh, One has to stand back and see, you know, there's a difference between efficiency and effectiveness. Mm. Efficiency is about being good at doing the job you're doing, but effectiveness is about looking at the business model and say, can I adjust the business model a bit or can I reposition my Offering to the market? Uh, can I enhance my uh, negotiating skills somewhat? So it's again an advantage. See, lots of people have an advantage, but they don't either recognise it or if they do, they don't convert it into commerce.
1: Yeah, and tell me, is somebody who's at home or in the car, who's listening, who's running their own business and they're gone having a bit of a eureka moment on the road home to Kilkenny, Carlow, Tullow, Bagnellstown, Callanor, Castlecomer, or wherever, um, they're that's me I'm spending too much time running around I'm not actually I am efficient maybe but I'm not effective it's not doing what I do how do they begin to make the change to focus on being more well, effective they
4: generally they need uh, some outside help uh, you know co- come to the the session on the ninth might be the start of it or come on to uh, some of the programs that uh, the the kick in E.R. Carlo or Leo run or come on to the management development program I'll just ask by helping because we get very blinded by our own environment and uh, we all do uh, I do, you do, we all do and it's really only when you come outside your own account and look in uh, that you get a different perspective and that, that perspective could just be the trigger point for better trading going forward
1: mm, And just bringing it back to the, the theme of the, of the event that you're having, yeah. what are the main tweaks people need to make in relation to inflation and inflation return Times.
4: Well, one of the things that people have to be very careful about, uh, business people, is that they're not trying to be heroes. And by that I mean is that uh, they can't absorb it. They're paying more for raw materials, which they're very likely, paying more for overheads, which they will be. Uh, and even if they have some reserves on the balance sheet, they can't be absorbing those costs. They have to move them on to the final price very quickly. Otherwise, they're going to erode uh, their uh the reserves on that balance sheet and like there is people out there who are trying to be heroes to beat the system you can't beat the system you have to go with the tide you know
1: Mm. so basically get in touch with your gut feeling check it out whether it's actually effective for your business and change it if it's not absolutely yeah yeah well look uh, blaze i'm sure many people have been interested in what you're saying that's blaze brosnan who's uh, doing a lunchtime seminar in the kilkenny river court hotel on the 9th of march it's called gaining business advantage during these inflationary times it sounds really good and you can check out how to book on localenterprise.ie forward slash kilkenny blaze thanks for joining us on the bottom line this evening okay thanks john
0: this is KCLR's Bottom Line with John Purcell. With thanks to the Carlo and Kilkenny Local Enterprise Offices for business financial supports and mentoring services. For more information, see localenterprise.ie.
1: Yes, indeed, you're listening to the Bottom Line, the programme for and about business on KCLR here until 7 o'clock. And just time to say a quick well done to everybody in O'Brien's Butchers who've been awarded the Best Speciality Sausage in Ireland Trophy at the recent Craft Butchers National Sausage and pudding competition uh, well done to everyone in O'Brien's uh, just more good news and we've got another kind of positive story now I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Megan Manning who's the president of Network Ireland Carlo. Megan welcome to the bottom line.
5: Thanks a million thanks for being for
1: being here. Yeah it's great um, and you're the founder of uh, Network Ireland Carlo branch and there's been one in Kakenny for a while tell us how this came about.
5: Well, um, first of all, I was, uh, met a lady in Kilkenny called Autumn Tobe and she's actually the president of Network Ireland, Carlo. And um, I was, she was telling me all about the Network Ireland and what they do and the events and how they support. And I was like, oh, I'd love this to come to Carlo. How do I get involved? How do I get this to come to Carlo? So she kind of uh, was the one actually got me going in the right direction. She sent in a message to the Network Ireland, uh, Web Girls in the Network Ireland, and um, it kind of went from there really. It happened really quick. Uh, I suppose um, I sent an email like looking to get information of how we can get this to Carlo and then they got in touch and it kind of just went from there really. And it's
1: for women in business and you are in business, tell us a bit about your own business. My
5: business is uh, Creative Jewellery Programs and um, I suppose my programs are all about uh, making jewellery. For some people, you know, they come in, they make it, we can do a six-week program or we can do like a fun hour of making jewellery or for for other people, then they come in and it's a. I suppose it's a discovery of their unique self. Uh, I bring them through, like if it's a six-week program, they'll come in and we'll go through colours, creativity. Uh, they'll also learn social skills, communication skills. You know, so the, and the techniques to make jewellery. Um, so a lot of them would come in and, you know, they everyone that makes the jewellery is one. It is one of a kind. You know, and I suppose it represents themselves to the colours of what they like. You know, so I suppose um, it's a lovely six-week program when they're coming out with a smile. On their face and they've made that jewelry but also they've connected with themselves as well.
1: But as a woman in business you saw a need for a network um, and said about starting one fair dues to you but tell us what are the issues that make something like a network like this necessary or necessary may be the wrong word but desirable or helpful or you know
5: why a network i suppose you know and net, the network is really important and what really drove me to kind of get it to carla was you know the support that you get the events that they do like every branch we have 18 branches now so local branches so when you join network ireland you also join the 18 branches that you can go online there's um different events happening online there's different events happening in the counties uh, So you can, when you join one network you can also go to all the different ones I suppose and they're for the support so if you feel like you're lacking in a set of skills or you feel like you want to uh, you know develop a certain skill skill, upskill, you know you can go to them events that help you do that and also not only that you're getting to meet other women that will support you along the way so I feel like this network was you know really important and that's why my drive was to bring it to Carlo for the women to support and and
1: COVID really opened up a whole um, horizon of being able to go to other things around the country because of Zooms and all that. and Has that continued?
5: Um, there, There is some still on Zoom, but there's nothing as good going into a room full of people that welcome you a cup of tea and a chat and, you know, get to able to connect with other women. So.
1: And you had a good event last night you were telling me earlier. Tell us about yeah.
5: that. Our event was um, Stand Up and Speak Out. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic. You know, it was a skill to help you when you go in to um, do a presentation. You know, there's a lot of tips. Go, there was a lot of tips on the night as well to stand up and, and own your voice. Uh, so that was really good. You know, for a lot of people when they come into uh, to do a presentation, you know, you can get quite nervous, overwhelmed, you know. So for us to be able to learn all them techniques and the little tips that um, Karen gave, um, Taught us last, yesterday evening, um, you know. Well, we were able to come out there feeling actually, you know, we don't have to feel so anxious or overwhelmed, you know. And then also we had uh, Pauline as well, and she was our financial, uh, fra- she financial financial um, from the AIB, you know. So um, she was able to help us, you know, with pensions and stuff like that. Just so think about that. So it was really a really good all round event yesterday. Great.
1: Evening. Well, look, you're listening to the bottom line, of the program foreign about business. It's just coming up to nine and a half minutes away from seven o'clock. I'm joined. In the studio by Megan Manning, who's president of Network Ireland. Carla, we're going to take a break, but lots more to talk about with Megan after these. Kilkenny Carlo KCLR KCLR indeed and we mentioned Sam Matthews earlier in the programme Sam has got another interesting uh, story in the Kilkenny people it's about a Kilkenny man who's spearheading a trade mission of 32 Mexican companies along with chamber and government officials from Mexico and Ireland here this week a man's name is Blaine Oliver Doyle who's leading it and uh, he's got very strong Kilkenny links we look forward to uh, hearing more about that and who knows uh, somebody might even talk to over the coming weeks, but it won't be me. Um, moving on, uh, I'm joined in the studio by Megan Manning. Was with me before the break. Uh, Megan, uh, you're open for business, and you're inviting new members into uh, Carla Women's Network.
5: Absolutely, we are. We love all all women of business and non profits, and any organi- any woman that feels a need that to join our network it is open to all women. So it is, and uh, it's a great network to get involved in.
1: And what's the reaction been like?
5: it's been very positive we we have a lot of members a lot of interest, you know and I feel like we are growing we are new and I feel like the events that we have on this year you know are really good events you know so definitely uh, definitely a network to get involved in
1: absolutely and uh, what have you personally gone, gotten out of it so far
5: personally I've gotten it out of it is probably the confidence to be able to stand up and, and you know to do events and and I suppose to meet the women meet women that do support you along the way and I suppose my confidence has grown tremendous um, even to stay here is, 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 is brilliant um,
1: and that's something that people really need to work on because people aren't necessarily born confident they could be born as great entrepreneurs they could have great ideas but working on your confidence is a very important thing for people and they shouldn't be afraid and presumably a network like yours offers a safe environment to people to kind of talk to each other about that kind of stuff.
5: Absolutely like even with I suppose for this this year for Network Ireland Car um, my theme was connection you know and kind of connecting with other people so we have a list of events during the year that um, will actually be able to connect with people and to help you along the way for your own self you know to kind of um, um, to build up them skills and help mm. you overcome them.
1: And you're keen to give a shout out to some forthcoming events and to some people who've helped you get where you are today.
5: Absolutely. Our event uh, next month is um, on the 8th of March and it's uh, to uh, rise into your leadership and uh, help you become, like, you know, to reach them certain uh, set of goals that you want to reach. Or uh, Also, we have... Um, uh, Pampers even as well so there's an expert coming in because it is International Women's Week uh, that's really, it's great to celebrate that as well and the Carlo branch so uh, we're going to have an expert come in and do some facials as well.
1: Fantastic now before you go I do want to give out contact details for anyone who's interested in joining uh, your network it's for all over County Carlo, but probably if anyone's listening and they're not even there they can join the network, they don't have to produce their air code. Uh, how can people get in touch with you?
5: Absolutely they can get in touch with uh Carlo at networkireland.ie if they wanted to the website and the Carlo uh, link as well. So,
1: Well, listen, Megan, thanks very much uh, for joining us in studio. That was Megan uh, Manning, who's the president and the founder of Network Ireland, Carlo Branch, bringing them to a close this week. That's all we've got time for. So thanks to all our guests, Colin O'Hearn, Brian O'Flynn, Blaise Brosnan and the aforementioned Megan Manning. Remember, if you have any comments or ideas you'd like to get to us, you can email the bottom line at kclr96fm.com or if you'd like to listen back to to the show a wealth of an archive just search the bottom line on casey law on the apple store google play or spotify thanks to Deirdre drummy who produces the show thanks most of all to you for listening that's it for me for a couple of weeks deirdre will be in the hot seat next thursday and after that colin Ahern, who you heard earlier will guest present the show i'm gonna miss the show but i'll be back and until we speak again look after yourself be good to each other stay tuned to casey law
0: and keep the faith KCLR, The Bottom Line with John Purcell with Tanda, Carlo and Kilkenny local enterprise offices for business financial supports and mentoring services for more information see localenterprise.ie